2: I can't shift it. How are you? I want to talk about uh, rentier capitalism today. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I read a thing, so, uh, you know, and I'm a man. So allow me to mansplain some stuff to you. Uh, I read an article in Wired, it was really good, uh, and it was by a guy called Guy Standing. and. Uh, He is saying, look, with COVID-19 and everything, uh, what we really do need now is a universal basic income. Uh, And he was talking about rentier capitalism and how it's expanded since the 70s in the UK and how the UK is one of the leading proponents on it. Uh, He was explaining that uh, private riches have risen from about 300 percent of GDP in the 70s to 700 percent today. Uh, 60% of wealth is inherited and, uh, there's a horrendous wealth inequality. Uh, corporations, financial assets, uh, are now 1000% of GDP, i.e. the stuff corporations own, just what they own is a thousand percent of GDP. Uh, so, uh, he is talking about rentier capitalism or well, what's that? I don't really know. I don't really understand how it differs from capitalism or whatever. But it's the the principle that uh, you own an asset over which you have a monopoly. So, you know, an easy one to understand is uh, a property and you rent it out because you have the monopoly on that property. If anybody wants it, they've got to pay you rent, right? But that also applies to intellectual property. I'm not talking about, you know... People who put a song on YouTube, I'm talking about owners of patents for medicines, for example. And when you look at these sort of uber mega ultra cores, uh, you know, big multinational energy companies or whatever, it's all effectively monopolistic. Uh, no one else can run that energy infrastructure. So so they do. And it's it, it sort of it. I, I guess to use a sort of uh a really Mickey Mouse kind of analogy it's it's sort of like it's all started to coagulate capital is sort of coagulated into these massive and you know it's all these companies that you've never heard of they're called like emodia uh, solutions or um contemporous property management uh or whatever and uh you know it's these kind of weird conglomerate you know somebody I suspect there's a, probably a parent company that owns Circo, just like Alphabet owns Google. But you don't really talk about that so much. You know, everything's owned by someone else who owns it. And, uh, you know, the individual now can't really uh, make any money. And, and anyway, so the idea of rent is any money that you make above what... the amount of money that would persuade you to do the job so say you uh work as a consultant right and uh you would do your consultancy work for 500 pounds a day but you actually manage to charge three thousand pounds a day two and a half thousand pounds is your rent uh in rentier capitalism in as much as it's not money that uh you need to fulfill the job it's uh, money that you've gained through the kind of monopoly, uh, that you have on whatever it is that you're bringing in as a consultant. By the way, I'm available for consultancy work at either of those ends of the spectrum. But, um, (laughs) so that's the core tenet. And this guy in Wired is saying, look, this is choking, uh, not just the world and the planet, uh, but, but the economy. Um, he's saying that if if everyone had a modest basic income actually uh what you would have is uh more movement within the economy and uh you know you can it would all work all right he says it's good uh, i'm i'm with him i'm completely with him i think there's this sort of philosophical cuz there's no point in me trying to explain it better cuz i can't but i do think it comes down to a philo- philosophical principle um, which is uh, kind of uh, faith or fear. And I, th- I do feel most capitalists uh, live with fear. I think there's fear of losing their capital because they're right to, because having no capital, as any poor person will tell you, is pretty wretched. Um, but there's also a kind of an absence of faith in, in other people. It always comes back to the eBay model. Uh, eBay is founded on the precept that everyone is basically good. And it works. Uh, Everyone basically is. People don't generally lie or cheat or steal. It's fine. Uh, uh, But, you know, a lot of uh, right-wingers sort of say, well, you can't give people a universal basic income. They'll just sit at home all day. Will they? Will they? Will they? It's also the same people who sort of say, well, people, people would just take it, wouldn't they? they would just steal it. And you're kind of like, would they? Or is that what you'd do? Is that how you got your capital? Just in. So, you know, we know about the greed of people like Jeff Bezos uh, and how staggeringly much money he's made out of the COVID crisis and this sort of addiction to gain. You know, this is money you can't hope to spend in your lifetime. I can't remember what it is. He spends them like a thousand dollars a minute for a hundred years or a thousand years. I can't remember what it is, but it's insane how much money he's got. It's an unspendable amount of money. It's a world-changing amount of money, potentially. We know about them. We know about their greed. We know about their pathology. But should we, should we call this out on a more personal scale on a smaller scale like is it is there something systemic about this that we should call out and uh, you know yes i'm i'm speaking about my sector and it's not it's not because i want my slice of the pie it's really not it's just that this this is the one that i know i can't talk to you about pfizer or pharmaceuticals because i don't know anything about them but i do know that when i go into waterstones as i did earlier this week And I see a whole shelf dedicated to the books of David Walliams. And I look in the window and I see children's books written by Dermot O'Leary and Claire Balding. People who I've never seen in the vicinity of a child. I don't think either of them have a child. Maybe Dermot, I don't know. And you kind of think... Was this something that was always burning in you? Is this something you always wanted to do? Or did someone say to you, you could make a ton of money doing this? And they just went, yeah, all right then. And I question the ethics of that. You know, I've said before about Alexander Armstrong, who I I don't really bear any ill will towards, other than the fact that he'll just casually pick up work. He'll vacuum up work. Uh, that would feed a family of four, you know, he'll, he'll do a voice in, uh, Peppa Pig because, oh really, why not? It's like, that would be a livelihood for somebody. You can feed a family of four on that income, but he'll take it for cigar money. Like if it's money you don't need and Dermot O'Leary doesn't need money and Claire Balding doesn't need money and Alexander Armstrong doesn't need money and David Williams doesn't need money. Why would you then muscle into another sector? of children's books, when there are perfectly good children's book authors out there trying to make a modest income and just inhale that market just because, yeah, it was there. Why would you do that? Is that ethical? It's taking the oxygen out. There's, so, you know, like the, the cliche of... Uh, you know, oh, we come out of one Starbucks and there's another one across the road, right? Um, that's that's a principle. And I thought it was just a kind of like, wow, they're so popular. They're just springing up all over. I can't believe they need another Starbucks that close to another Starbucks. That they, they don't. Um, this is a big part of rentier capitalism, which is that you build as many stores as you can not because there's a need for them but as a preventative measure it's to stop anybody else ever having any hope of building a coffee shop in that area so that's the only reason for having there's no need for another starbucks they can serve all the starbucks customers with one shop but just to be on the safe side they build another one To absolutely choke off any hope of anybody else setting up a coffee shop. I'm not saying Starbucks do that. That's just an example. Tesco have, I think, been found uh, guilty of this. They've effectively built unnecessary stores solely with the object of preventing any other competitor in the supermarket game from building anywhere near them. Why not pop down to your local Tesco Micro? We've got lots of bargains in store. I say in store, Tesco Micro is basically a transit van parked up in a loading bay filled with Diet Coke and toilet paper. You know, the essentials. So if you were thinking of buying Diet Coke or toilet paper anywhere else, now there's no need. Tesco Micro, every little helps us to choke off the competition like a pond filling with Tesco algae. While we're on the topic of supermarkets, I'm increasingly finding it difficult to deal with, uh, the, uh, chassis packaging, chassis packaging. Now I know, you know, everybody knows about like smoothies where it was all like, Hey you, you're looking great. What's going on? We've got a cheeky tomato inside. Uh, but, but all of them now chassis packaging. I saw a label on a cucumber to start with. I don't need a label on a cucumber. It's pretty self-evident, but they'd written on it. As cool as a cucumber. And I thought, it's taken me, I don't know, half a second to read as cool as a cucumber. And then for my brain to go, is that pertinent information? No, that's meaningless information. I just want a cucumber. Okay, fine. It's at least half a second, maybe a second. And how many millions of cucumbers? gets sold every week in Britain. I don't know. And everybody going to that shop is reading that label saying, as cool as a cucumber. And doing that little half second, what, uh, okay, it's a cucumber, it's fine. It's literally taking up human time. And I don't understand the point of it. I don't need to have a relationship with a cucumber. I tried it once and I ended up in AE, and and I don't recommend it, but do peel it first if you do. I bought some lemons, right, in Waitrose the other day. OK, I didn't mean to go to Waitrose. I don't normally shop in Waitrose. It's just that they have the only tofu that my kid likes and I need to get protein into him. OK. And yes, I picked up some unwaxed lemons while I was there. OK. these shouty letters they've got. And here's what it says, right, on the Waitrose packaging. Unwaxed lemons. Perfect to preserve. Or top a terrine. Well, thank for that, because I've been looking for a good tureen topper for months. How out of touch are you? Who's making tureens? Families are literally foraging. What it should say is lemons. Put them in gin. They make the day go quicker.
1: choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door go to blue Nile.com and use promo code listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more that's code listen at blue Nile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase blue Nile.com, code listen
2: which is top five? what were your top five tureen toppers mine are conkers marzipan foil balls sprats Raw plugs, and Cheerios, and now unwaxed lemons. Funny, chatty packaging. Cheeky turmeric. Don't mind if I do. Fancy matches. Perfect for burning witches. An ass full of cardamoms for a savoury soup. I'm just. I'm looking now at the Holland and Barrett website and their dried fruit and nuts selection and wow stunning sunflower seeds what's stunning about them there's sunflower i've got nothing against sunflower they're not stunning cherished cranberries cherished i tend to pick them out and look at how basic is this mmm mango Mm, mmm how are you enhancing the product with that Lovely, Larry. Alliteration is always the fallback. Great ground almonds, snappy sesame seeds. I'm having so much fun shopping here. Never mind the fact that you seem to charge enough for one pack that would pay for two, so that then you do that. have a second one for a penny. Pow, pumpkin seeds. Pow. There's no there's no punctuation. There's no exclamation mark on it. Pow. Power... Pu- can I have some Power Pumpkins days, please? Yeah, all right. And finally, we come to the one that really... Like, the one that really... S- makes me... <laughs> mm, I can live with the word chocky because I'm assuming that the word chocky is used, because it's not actual chocolate. And for legal reasons, you have to call it chocky. But... I don't know if I can do this, huh, Roastio Pistachio, oh, that hurts so much to say that, it's like sort of stabbings, Roastio Pistachio, oh, Roastio Pistachio, Roastio Pistachio, we're having fun, shopping, (laughs) Every time I see chatty packaging, I just see route one depressed marketing people sitting in some dismal office, eating snacker jacks and joylessly overhauling the product line. They're not creative people. They're not smart, intelligent people. they're They're literally just saying the first thing that comes into their pointless heads. As cool as a cucumber. I put as cool as a that's the what the first thing you think of when you think of a cucumber, isn't it? Tomatoes. Um Tommy tomato uh, uh, squished hopefully not squi... Uh, 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 uh. I'll have another snacker jack. Inspiration uh, uh. go to Instagram uh. Have we already had a suggestion for a terrine? Neil, my topper for a terrine is that space dust that goes all crinkly in your mouth. More recipes need space dust. I haven't had a good space dust topped terrine at all. Uh, So uh, anyway, that's I'd like to know um, if you've got any chatty packaging. That would be great. I'd love to know uh, some of your tip top terrine toppers uh, because I'm sick of the usual suspects old J cloths get in touch it's at not today pod or uh, not today at swanburst.com if you'd rather email Uh, we're asking what five words um are the best thing you could hear after uh, making love pat's gone for now put away the ladder (laughs) very good And uh, Joel's got one, uh, too. Uh, Dear Jake, uh, many years ago, as a man in my 20s, I met a woman in her 40s in a pub in Primrose Hill one evening. In a pretty rare turn of events for me, one thing led to another. Oh. And a while later, she uttered the immortal five words that both delighted and horrified in equal measure. (laughs) That blew the cobwebs away. (laughs) Now, as a man in my forties, I can see things very much from her side. I love that. Thank you so much, uh, Neil Green. Hey, Mister J. There was no way I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to get involved with the. Uh, what five words would you like to hear after making love? Uh, what I would like to hear would be along the lines of, "I'll get the hobnobs" or "Winch Mister Green down, please." <laughs> i get the ladder. Uh, please let me give you a handful of the phrases that have been said to me over the years after making love. <laughs> oh, come on. Next time, windows open, please. <laughs> Ever been to a harvester? It's the frozen isle, sir. And on a particularly great night out after working a shift at a pub. Sierra Oscar Bravo come in thanks jake thank you neil that's superb pablo uh came up with an awful lot on twitter uh, do you want a takeaway that's a good one um he's also uh, james has gone for i'm not doing that again uh he's also got a, a problem with tupperware uh, as i outlined yesterday i think we've got something to talk about with that in fact, Hellcat Press is uh, listening to the Not Today pod and thinking Jake should get a whole bunch of stickers and colour code the plastic food containers. In fact, what five words do people love to hear after a vigorous lovemaking session? Let's organise the Tupperware, baby! <laughs> Very good. Pablo's gone for wiping on the curtain. And could you please leave DFS? Um, and that's my last name too. <laughs> uh flea hop duncan says uh, can i join in now <laughs> and uh also suggests thanks donald nice filming vladimir i quite like the uh the two sentences there jem rather plaintively has gone for do you have any paracetamol <laughs> i oh should i i remember when i you know my first time I had a splitting headache, and for some reason, I had the um, song "Spoonful of Sugar" going round and round in my head. It was all rather overwhelming, frankly. Uh, sorry, this is too much information, isn't it? <clears throat> David Brazel uh, has gone for. Thank you for your input, <laughs> Gemma. Same time next week, then. Oh, really, uh, Gordon? Can I have a biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> these are very good flea hop again that's another birthday over with and david alt's gone for no further questions your honor <laughs> uh, david did a maths thing if you want to have a look it's at not today pod on the twitter uh jonathan uh, just checking the football results <laughs> owen has gone for better than moms i thought what amazing <laughs> Okay, very good. I'll still take your uh, best five words after lovemaking. Uh, I'm very happy to uh, accept more of those. Delighted, in fact. Uh, Hannah has got a suggestion, uh, a life hack for takeaway containers and lids. Oh, wow. Morning, Jake. Hope all is well with you and yours and the groovy spot the rockers. Ah, spot the rock. So you shared with us recently that you're losing hours a year trying to match your takeaway containers with their lids. In order to give you back that precious time you could be spending with your loved ones, here is Hannah's Handy Household Hint. Oh, this feels like a strand. Uh, When you get a container, using a permanent marker, write or draw an identical number, symbol or picture. Mm -hmm. Mm. They'll all be the same. There's only two things I can draw. One is rabbits. Uh, Anyway, depending on how creative you're feeling on the container and the lid. That way, when they get jumbled up in the takeaway container and lid box in your cupboard, they can be easily matched up, saving hours of your time and reducing your frustrations. Take care and stay safe. Hannah, I have thought about that. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I have had that thought, the colour coding or the symbol thing. I just... No, I should do that. I was thinking about scoring something in, you know, with a compass. (sighs) I should I should do that. OK, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed for your company today. I'm going to be back tomorrow with more stuff. I do hope you'll join me then. Don't forget to send in uh, your terrine toppers, uh, any chatty packaging. Let's press that bruise together. All right. Lots of love. Bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production.